calling all introverts. Today's guest knows what it's like to grow and stretch to build a career while staying true to herself. Discover how Annie Carter, a self-proclaimed introvert, creates meaningful connections in her quest to improve healthcare in Eastern Kentucky. Join us as we delve into Annie's path in healthcare, her unwavering commitment to her community, and her perspective on recruiting top-notch employees to small towns. I'm your host, Jordan Carmack, a leadership development and communication skill coach in London, Kentucky, and you're listening to Women of the Bluegrass, a leadership development podcast for and about women leading the way in Kentucky industries. Annie Carter is the Director of Physician Services at Pikeville Medical Center. She's been employed at the hospital for almost seven years and is a Pikeville native, currently living there with her husband and two bonus kids. She attended Moorhead State University, where she got her bachelor's degree in biomedical science and then her MBA in healthcare administration. Annie's dedication to her hometown and her role as a physician recruiter highlights the profound impact of small town living. By fostering personal connections, she attracts quality healthcare providers and helps bridge the gap in healthcare accessibility for the people of Eastern Kentucky. Let's dive in. I am so excited today to welcome my friend Annie to Women of the Bluegrass. Um, I love, as always, to say when I get a referral on the show. So um, she was referred to the show um, from Shelby, who was on a previous episode. But even more importantly now is we are friends from Leadership Kentucky's Elevate program. Annie, thank you so much for being here on Women of the Bluegrass. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, this has been um, an interview. I think our very first Elevate session, I pulled you aside. We were practically strangers. And I said, please come be on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, we did. And here we are. We're doing it. <laughs> did did that catch you super off guard? No. But honestly, I'm more of an introvert. And typically, I feel like, you know, I'm not that go-to person that they want to have on their podcast. So I'm flattered. Well, that means you are perfect for podcasts because sometimes when you get an extrovert on a show like this, they will talk, talk, talk the whole conversation. But I know we are going to have a great conversation today and I'm really excited for what I know you can share with um, our listeners just about healthcare and um, what you're learning um, in your field. So I want to start by asking a question. So your degree, your bachelor's degree is in biomedical science, which sounds like a career track for med school but that's not where you ended up. So tell me a little bit more about that part of your story. So initially, I kind of thought that I would be a PA, a physician assistant. That was kind of my, my goal, kind of going into college. Um, so I did the biomedical science track at Moorhead State University. Honestly, it was tough. Like, I always had to work. I, in high school, you know, I always got A's and it was easier. But I had to work hard in college and those classes were tough. And, you know, so after those four years, I thought, all right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna take a year and I'm going to move back home. And then I will, you have to get some clinical rotations, get some of those hours completed. So I'll do that and then I'll apply for PA school. And so that's what I did. I moved home. I started working at an assisted living, getting some of those patient contact hours. And I applied for a physician recruiter job at Pikeville Medical Center in Pikeville, where I was from. And, you know, it kind of, it took off from there. Seven years later, I'm, I'm still in that role and I did not apply to PA school. Wow. So that year off, was a transformative moment in your career. I think sometimes people are afraid mm-hmm. to take some time away from 
the dream. Mm-hmm. What was that year like for you? Um, well, it was wonderful for me. Um, I felt like I needed a refresh. I felt like that was going to be good for me in order to start that kind of new track. Um, but honestly, I mean, I fell in love with what I was doing. So, I mean, healthcare, I, I know is a passion of mine because even in the the forefront of it, when you're you know working in similar aspects of like a nursing home and the elderly and doing a little bit of some work, I loved it. I really, I fell in love with it. So, um, I mean, I think healthcare in whatever capacity is where I'm at. And so when you applied for that physician recruiter job, thinking this is just going to be something that's going to get me through for a little while, um, what drew you to that type of position? Um, Honestly, it's fun. You know, you get to constantly meet new people and learn from their experiences. Um, I just really enjoy it. Every day is different. It's it's not the typical monotonous sit at a desk every single day in the same office. You know, every single day for me looks a little bit different and I'm with different people and new people. So it's enjoyable. So in your position now um, and physician services, what as a as a recruiter you were involved with bringing people to the hospital system um what does a day in your look in your life look like now um so it's still similar because physician services is a small department um we're small but mighty so yeah i still get to do some of that physician recruiting type of work um but it's also a lot of like overseeing and just managing and making sure that the overall feel is good. Um, I mean, in, in rural Eastern Kentucky, a lot of times it is hard to get somebody to agree to come to Pikeville and look around and check us out in terms of, you know, employment opportunities. Um, so I kind of get to different avenues of that. I get to explore, um, just bringing in those physicians and showing them this awesome little town in Eastern Kentucky who you get the best of both worlds. You don't have to deal with traffic in the big city, but you get to practice big city medicine in a small town. Um, I don't know. It's just, there's something about it. And as a Pikeville native, that must be particularly special for you. It is. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of tell them all of the history of Pikeville and how it's changed. And, you know, coming from somebody in us that grew up in that small town who went a little bit away for college, not too far, and went to a town that's similar. But then, you know, when a lot of people were moving off to those big cities to start their careers, you know, I wanted to get back to Pikeville. And that's where that's where I wanted to, you know, create my life and start my career. What do you think, was there an influence, a person or a situation or um, something that really deepened that relationship that you had with Pikeville? It wasn't just somewhere that you lived, but you seem like you're really passionate about that community. Was there something growing up that happened that led to that? Um, not, not anything specific, I don't think. Um I remember like in high school when, you know, I feel like everybody probably experiences the same thing. You're getting ready for graduation and all of your classmates are like, oh, I'm so ready to get out of here and I'm never coming back. Honestly, I never felt that way. I always kind of had some connection to Pikeville and it's not that I, I wanted to get away from it. You know, I wanted to go to college and feel that independence, but 
um, I, I never really felt that way that, oh, yeah, I just I can't wait to get out of here. I was always kind of ready to get back. And family's mm-hmm. important. My family is here. So that was another drawing factor for me. And so now you get to serve the community in a really tangible way. I mean, by bringing in these physicians who then take care of people and, and not just in Pikeville, but for a broad swath of Eastern Kentucky, um, you are giving, you're giving back to the community that you love. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one thing. I know we kind of talked about this a little bit in one of our Elevate sessions. Um, that's, I think, why I do feel passionate about it is because, you know, Pikeville is my community and it's my family. And, you know, I take pride in the fact that, you know, I do want to find quality providers and quality physicians because ultimately, you know, these are the people that are going to be taking care of, you know, my family and the people that I love. So let's talk about those first couple years in this job. It wasn't PA school, um, healthcare administration that may or may not have been on your radar, but you're in this new job. And what were, what was a lesson that you learned those first couple of years? Lesson. Um, well, for starters, I think um, you can't always judge a book by its cover. Um, I think like I kind of mentioned earlier, a lot of people, I'll cold call them or send them an email and they'll just, hmm, Pikeville, I haven't heard of that. So they will they'll look it up on a map and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't think so. Not not what I'm looking for. Um, but really, I mean, it, it offers so much and Pikeville's been very progressive. So I, you can't really just look it up on a map and judge it and you have to be here yeah. to see it and kind of experience it. So I think that was that was a big lesson for me. So I, I know this gets a little bit into things like tourism and those sort of things, but um, many of my listeners are living in small communities um, who would love people to look at their town and say, yes, see what I see here. Um, was there any tool or tactic or persuasive move that you would try um, to to capture the interest of these physicians? Well, I'll tell you, we do use a lot of different databases. Um, word of mouth, though, is the best recruitment tool for me. Um, you get people here, whether they're from here or not, and they, they plant roots and they're happy here. And then they tell their friends about what what experiences they've had and how great of a place it is. And that spreads like wildfire. And honestly, we, we've had the most success from word of mouth. So if you can find people who are willing to share their um, their, their moving story. I, I moved here. I, so, and I think I, I feel comfortable expressing this. I mean, I'm not originally from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I moved here in 2008. I'm Texas, um, and lived in a couple of other States. Like I am one of those people who came to the mountains and fell in love with this community and would tell anybody and everybody move to Kentucky. The weather's better here. The people are great. And, it, that's what you should do. <laughs> um, and so what encouragement would you have for some of the other leaders that are in, in smaller towns, um, maybe that are trying to recruit people? Um, I mean, I think it's really easy to just kind of get into your daily routine and sit back and go to work and come home. And maybe there's not something going on all the time because it is like a, a little bit of a slower paced life. Um, but I think you have to get out there and, you know, participate in your community and meet new people. And I really think that that's, that's how you flourish and that's how you, mm-hmm. that's how you get people there. Mm-hmm. And you tell those stories. 
um, is listen to people and be willing to share and amplify each other's stories, I think is something that I'm learning even just in Elevate too, is just how important it is to amplify the stories of our communities because some people just don't know what's out there. I did not realize that Pikeville had so much going on as far as Hatfield and McCoy. Like that was all new to me. And I loved learning about that stuff. Yeah. And I feel like every community is different. And most of the time they have their little, you know, whatever they're known for. And a lot of times we just, you know, we need to get there and experience that we haven't heard about it. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's lots of learning that can be done. Oh yeah, absolutely. So let's um, switch gears just a little bit into talking a little bit more about healthcare. So from your perspective and what you're experiencing, what are some of the major challenges in healthcare administration, particularly in Eastern Kentucky? Um, well, obviously COVID, COVID has impacted all of that um, and created many challenges of its own. Um, you know, and again, recruiting to rural Eastern Kentucky is difficult. Um, but, you know, we, we face the same kind of challenges that, that everywhere faces, like the, the shorting or the shortages of, of nurses and then, you know, physician shortages. So, I mean, it's tough. And then you have some international physicians who need to travel and Pikeville doesn't have an airport. So sometimes, sometimes that's a huge challenge. Not that the, the provider is necessarily unhappy, but maybe their spouse or their family needs something else and that we may not offer. So I think that has been a huge challenge for us. Mm-hmm. Is the, the travel component. Yeah. I've noticed um, the, the longer I spend here, the role of geography in Eastern mm-hmm. Kentucky. And, and I think this is a problem for many rural communities is that maybe you are two hours from an airport. Maybe you are an hour from a major interstate. Um, you know, I, we're blessed to be in London, which is right on 75. And so that makes it easier for us because of that proximity, but that's not the case for a lot of, a lot of these communities. Um, and the, as the travel part. So go ahead. It's it's normal for me because I, you know, grew up here and that was just uh, what I, what I got used to. You know, if you're going to need an airport, you just have a two hour drive. It's not that bad. But for somebody that is not used to that, it's a challenge sometimes. It is a game changer. Um, Now, lots of these physicians, you've been able to spend time with some brilliant providers. Um, What is um, something that you've learned from spending time with, again, these brilliant, brilliant people from all over the world. I try to take advantage of my time with them. You know, typically I spend at least the majority of a day with them. And so you get to know, like, their families, their their spouses, their kids, what they do in their free time. Um, and this is a person I, I may or may not ever talk to again, you know, just depending on what they're looking for. Um, but I enjoy that, you know. I, I like building those relationships with people. And, you know, sometimes even if Pikeville is not where they choose to come right now, in a couple of years, I may hear from that person and they're like, you know what, Pikeville wasn't the right place for me at that time, but now I think it might be. Um, so I really try to take advantage of that, that time that I spend with them to actually, you know, get to know them. 
Now, you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that you consider yourself an introvert, but what you're saying, these sound like extroverted comments that you love spending time with people and getting to know their stories. My family makes fun of me because I am an introvert, (laughs) but I'm in a profession that is not introverted. It forces me to be an extrovert, which I think is probably really good for me. Um, (laughs) have to go outside of my comfort zone and you know that's where growth occurs so it's a good yeah. thing yeah so what is that recognizing that about yourself that maybe you are in a position that requires you to be more outgoing maybe we'll use the word outgoing instead of extroverted right um what did you do in as your as your career has developed what do you what do you do intentionally to lean into that but then also to protect your sanity <laughs> As you know, you're in a job that stretches you regularly. Yeah, it, it can be exhausting. Um, you know, I just try to, during the work day, you know, you've got like eight or nine hours, whatever. I try to just engage, be, be present in that moment. And then in the evenings, if I, if I need some downtime when I get home, I mean, that's okay too. If I have to sit down on the couch for 15 minutes in silence, I mean, that's okay. Absolutely. Giving yourself some time to recharge intentionally, because you mentioned that it's a growth opportunity. Sometimes we are in jobs or positions for a season or for a period of time where maybe what we're doing doesn't come naturally to us, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that the job is bad or is not where you're supposed to be in that season, right? Yeah. So I'm just curious... In your perfect day, would you still spend that much time talking to people? My perfect day. Um, I, I like a good mix. I don't want to. I don't want to be in a room by myself all day long. Um, but if I if I'm having to, you know, constantly engage and make conversation for you know eight hours, that that is very exhausting to me. Um, so it would be a good mix, Mm -hmm. a little bit of both. So before we got on the call, you mentioned that you had been at your happy place today. Mm -hmm. And I think that is sort of insightful given the conversation that we're having where that happy place is. So where do you go to recharge whenever you need a break from being your outgoing work self? Like it's so peaceful and quiet and relaxing. Oh, so you're not the one like in a, a an inner tube going behind the boat 50, 60 miles an hour flying down the lake, huh? I mean, I've done it, but <laughs> typically I'm the one just, you know, laying on the boat, getting some sun, relaxing. And resting. Um, it's important, especially when you are, I think, in entering the middle of your career and in a growth space, in a job that requires you um, to stretch, to grow, to intentionally take that time mm-hmm. to recover. Um, how would you say taking these lake days has positively affected your ability to do your job well? Well, I think everybody, you know, needs a break at, at one point or another um so for me it's just kind of um being able to to reset spend time with my family and then I I feel refreshed I'm I'm ready to get back to work on Monday morning and um it's 
I, I feel like everybody probably has their own version of that. Absolutely. And especially if we are in a growth job, mm-hmm. we have to find those because that's where you get into burnout, right? Is if you don't have those outlets where you can recharge in a way that's healthy for you. And for some, it might be a Sudoku puzzle or the day at the lake or hiking. Others, it might be, you know, hitting up the big city for a weekend and having lots of, of new experiences. Everybody has their own thing. But if we aren't taking that time, that's what'll get us into, into trouble. Um, so I do have one last question for you. So um, this is a question I have to give full credit where credit is due. There's a podcast called Coaching for Leaders that I am obsessed with. It's brilliant. And at the end of this show, um, the host, Dave, always asks the guest what they've changed their mind about as their career has grown. Because um, one of the things, and we actually talked about growth mindset some at Elevate at our last session. Mm-hmm. Um But if we believe that we can continue growing, sometimes it means that maybe one thing that we believed at a previous point has now changed based on new information or new experiences. So at this point in your career, what have you changed your mind about as it relates to either it could be how you work, how um, healthcare works, broad spectrum? What have you changed your mind about? Um. I am a perfectionist. I feel like I always have been, even in elementary school. I kind of struggled with always, always feeling like everything had to be perfect. Um, and so I came into this role with, you know, no experience. And I came straight out of college. So everything had to be learned. Um, but I feel like that's okay. You don't, you don't have to know everything. Um, it doesn't always have to be perfect or appear perfect. And that's something that I think social media affects. You know, we, we feel like everything has to appear perfect to, to everybody else. Um, so I, I think that's probably, that is probably something that I'm still working on. Um, just being able to ask questions or if I don't know something, ask for help. Um, that kind of thing. And I, I always strive, you know, to, to have teamwork and, um, I hope that, people that work with me feel comfortable and coming to me when they have a question or, you know, they need help with something. You don't have to have all the answers, even when you are in a position of leadership, even if you, if you are supporting others in your role, um, it's okay to not have all the answers and to ask questions. Yeah. I learn something new every day and I hope that I continue that. I think that's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for being on the podcast today. This is, is such an important conversation and you've shared so many um, just words of encouragement for people um, from, you know, taking that lake break. Oh man, I'm going to use that now. Take a lake break. Um, <laughs> um, but then also being an advocate for your community and thriving in these growth type roles. We've just covered the gambit of it today. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Women of the Bluegrass. I hope Annie's journey has inspired you to embrace unexpected opportunities, lean into your passions, and make a difference in your community. Remember, as emerging leaders, we have the power to shape our own paths and create positive change in and on behalf of our communities through the way we recruit and advocate. 
you might have heard me mention the Elevate program. I'm currently part of the class of 2023, best class ever, and a group of incredible young leaders from across the state. We're learning about what makes each region of Kentucky unique, building our leadership and networking skills, and bringing those lessons home to our employers and our communities. I promise I have not been paid for this. I'm just so excited to share more about it with you. Elevate is one of four Leadership Kentucky programs throughout the year, and I guarantee there is one out there that is the perfect fit for you. These programs are invaluable opportunities to see beyond your own community and connect with those around you. I encourage you to visit leadershipkentucky.org to find out more or send me a message and I'd be glad to get you connected. And with that, we conclude our 20th episode. And now Women of the Bluegrass is off for summer break. I'm taking the month of June to rest and refresh our processes for the show, including making summaries and transcripts available from previous episodes. I think these will really come in handy, especially as the show continues to expand and grow. We'll be back with our second season in July, and there are already some fun surprises in store for you. So mark your calendars for July 4th. I can't wait. See you soon.